So, here we are, week number two of our series, Father and Son Limited. And if you remember, Pastor Andy kicked this off last week, and it was the story about how Jesus, with his mom and dad, had gone up to the festival at Jerusalem, and everybody was having a good time, and then the caravan sets off back to home, they suddenly realize that Jesus is not with them. I go, oh my goodness, home alone moment almost. He's not with us. We've got to go back and find him. So they go back to Jerusalem and they find him in the temple. And Mary says, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He said, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And another version says, didn't you know that had to be about my father's business. And that's where we get the title for the series from. Here's the point, some points that Andy made last week, okay? Uh, 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 Jesus found his place. His place was in the temple at that moment, being about his father's business. And also, he made this point, he said, he said, and he asked this question, does what you are doing and who you are being get revealed through your purpose? And that's the point. Every one of us needs to find our purpose in life, that's true, but we need to find our purpose in God as well. And he pointed out that the ultimate purpose for every one of us as a Christian is two things, to love God and to love people. We do that we get our entire life sorted out because it totally gives us focus and a reason for being. Because there's a lot of people that don't know what they're supposed to be doing in life. Well, let me tell you, it's laid down by Jesus himself. Love God and love people. And I'll tell you this, you start doing that, you really will find your purpose. And here's the thing, in any business, you've got to have a business plan. And Jesus got his purpose very clear. He got his father's business very clear. And what was that purpose? What was the plan? The plan was to save the world. To save the world. And it's illustrated in that wonderful, and perhaps the most famous scripture in the Bible. In John 3 and verses 16 and 17. For God so, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. <coughs> I think that's wonderful. You should turn to your neighbor and say, that is a wonderful scripture. That is a wonderful scripture. It really is. God's plan and mission was to save a dying world, to rescue us from sin, and to give us the fantastic life that he'd always intended for us. That's God's business, and Father and Son are in it together, okay? In it together. Say to your neighbor, they're in it together. We're in it together. And do you know what? I'm in a business with my own son. Let's have a picture on screen. There it is. What a lovely picture. Oh, what a, what a lovely, slim, young, handsome man that is, the guy on the right's not too bad either, yeah? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Anyway, <laughs> that was taken about five years ago. But do you know what? It, for me, 
to be able to work with my son on something where we've got common purpose, pretty much on a, no, not on a daily basis, but most days, to be working together with aims and objectives with a business plan, I can't tell you, I know I'm privileged. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. And I am very, very proud of Sam. I'm proud of my other two kids as well, you understand, but no favoritism here, eh? okay? So in May 2016, we started the business. But before we ever launched the business, we, we spent time developing uh, the designs, getting the product right, how we might unleash it on the world. We had long conversations. And more to the point, we need to make some money. I mean, that helps because you've got to put bread on the table. And then came the, uh, the announcement. Um, we got in contact. We were contacted by the Express and Star. And in about September of 2015, a fantastic thing happened. A, re a reporter turns up with a photographer and a, and a video cam uh, person as well. And they do this whole lowdown report on, on our little business that we were not yet launched, but we were about to launch. We were announcing it to the world. We're coming. We're getting ready. We're nearly there. We're going to have some in the shop soon. Da, da, da. And do you know what the Express and Star did? They actually did a double center page spread on us in the Express and Star and in all the free newspapers. I mean, my goodness me. I mean, talk about favor. If I'd have had to have paid for a double page spread, it was literally, I'm not kidding, it, you can still see it's online to this day. It would have cost me about 10,000 quid to take out the advert. Ridiculous. And there we were. We were announcing to the world, we're coming. Look out for us. We're on our way. And so that was what we did. We made an announcement. And then we had a launch night at the Copthorne Hotel. We put it out on social media. Uh, over 100 people turned up. Andy was there on that night as well supporting us and didn't buy a guitar. He's tight. Never. <laughs> but he was there. And in fact, you know what? We never sold a pen. We didn't make a penny on the night. But however, because we launched, because of that night, it did come in. We actually, that was the moment in May 2016 when Lakestone Guitars was finally launched. Now, here's the point. We had the, there's a four, there were four stages that we had to go through. Number one, we had to have a clear plan. Number two, an announcement was made. Number three, then there was a launch. And then number four, we had to deliver. We had to do what we said we were going to do. So the, uh, starting up a business, those are basically the four stages that you've got to go through. Plan, announce, launch, deliver. You see that? And by the way, what does this limited company bit mean? Well, it means, it's very simply, limited liability. What does that mean? It means anything done in the business stays in the business. It means that if we everything goes pear-shaped and we get bankrupted, actually the limited liability says I won't actually lose my house, which is nice because it's nice to have somewhere to go home to and isolate yourself when in times like this. But there you go. That's what it means, limited liability. Now, you think to yourself, can we, can we actually really call this series Father and Son Limited? I mean, goodness me, God is not limited, is he? Absolutely not. I mean, I mean, heaven can never be bankrupted, can it? I mean, we're told in Philippines that he will supply all of our needs out of his, what, riches in glory. It's inexhaustible. Heaven is inexhaustible. So, Father and Son Limited, it seems a bit strange. 
can't use that. Well, actually, you can. It is Father and Son limited, but in another sense. You see, Jesus limited himself to live in a human body for 33 years. I mean, just for a minute, just think about that. He gave up the glory of heaven to live as a human being. I mean, for one thing, Jesus being God, coming into a human body, he, for one thing, wasn't omnipresent anymore. What does omnipresent mean? Well, omnipresent means God is everywhere at the same moment throughout the universe. Jesus, coming to live in a human body as the Son of God, could only be in one place at once. Wow! You think about that, you think, that really is a limitation. And, and, and then, he, he, he lived as a human being. He knew all the limitations. He knows exactly what it's like to be 100% human, as well as being 100% God. So, he limited himself for our sakes, so he could come and live amongst us. I think that's incredible. And if you think about it, it's kind of mind-blowing as well. When you think the size of the universe, or even just the size of a planet, or even just the, 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 the size of a country on a planet, it's like, it, and when you think of the universe, and that God fills the universe, that he brought himself down, his presence, to live in a tiny baby, to begin with, in Bethlehem. And he grew up to be a man, and he limited himself for 33 years to live in a human body. Does that blow your minds? Because it blows my mind. The very thought of it. I can't handle it. It's too much. So, there we are. And then, where are we? I've lost my place. Yeah. And then, the announcement was made about him coming okay? Eighteen long years had passed since the incident in the temple. When he was 12 years old, Jesus had had his bar mitzvah when he was 13 years old. If you don't know what that is, that's what Jewish people do when, when boys get to the age of 13. They have a, a coming-of-age ceremony that, that says, well, now you're a man. You're 13 and you're a man. You're a man, okay? You might not have any fuzz on your face, but you're a man, all right? And then, and Jesus had been working in his father's workshop, we know that, because the Bible describes him as a tecton. And that means, that's where we get the word technician from. He, we know he was a worker, in, probably mostly in wood, but he wasn't just necessarily limited to wood. He could have been metal, he could have been stone, but he, was, he worked in his father's workshop and probably became the managing director. Now, the reason I say this, and it's, it is a bit of speculation, um, Joseph, probably his father, had passed away by this stage because we, we never hear of him ever again in an active sense. Maybe his brothers had joined him in the business. We don't know. I mean, somebody needed to be the breadwinner for, uh, for his mother and the family. But Mary knew the day would come when he would leave his father's earthly business and he would begin his heavenly father's business. Mary, from day one, the experiences she'd had right from day one when Gabriel came to her and said, 
You're going to have a child. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And then seeing him born and seeing the, the wise men come. The Bible says that Mary treasured these things in her heart because she knew, she knew one day he would have to be about his father's business. His cousin, John the Baptist, had been announcing to the nation of Israel that their Messiah was coming soon to get ready, to get right with God, to straighten the paths. And he was baptizing them as they repented, as they turned their lives around, as they left their old life to take up the new. And that's what baptism is about. It's identifying with Jesus and what he did upon the cross. But when you're buried in baptism, it's saying, I'm leaving my old life behind and I'm coming up into a new one. I'm making a demonstration to the world that I'm changing my direction. I'm living for God from this point on. That's what baptism is about. If you haven't been baptized and you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you really need to, to, to be baptized and say, I am going this way from now on and I'm telling it to the world. And then Jesus turns up and he says to John, baptize me. And John goes, you what? I'm not even worthy to, to tie your boots and your, your, your laces. What, what? What? No, no. Jesus said, just do it. Oh, why? Well, to fulfill all righteousness. Okay. And what it meant was this, that at that moment that he was baptized and the Spirit of God came on him like a dove, he went down into the water. He was saying, I'm leaving my old dad's business behind. And I'm going to follow my heavenly Father's business from now on. Leaving the old, coming up into the new, and that was the moment that marked his ministry as well. I think that's wonderful. So, really, that's what Jesus asks us to do, is to follow him in that way, to say, I am deciding to follow you from now on, and this is a demonstration to the world. See, God had the plan, but the announcements were made throughout the whole of the Old Testament for hundreds of years by the prophets, including John himself, that the Messiah was coming. If you will, God was advertising His business before the event. The announcement was being made for hundreds and hundreds of years. The Messiah's coming. And the minute John the Baptist saw Jesus walk into him, I believe he probably took a, a, a sharp intake of breath and he, that, that's him. That, that's him. Behold the Lamb of God. What a moment for John to realize that his time had been fulfilled and completed and he even baptized the Messiah, for goodness sake, because he was declaring to the world I'm about my father's business. Yeah. And then finally, and this is all I'm going to deal with today mostly, is the launch. Uh, the delivery I will talk about in a few weeks' time. But then came the launch. You see, after Jesus had been baptized, it says that he went into the desert for 40 days, and at the end of that, he was tested by the devil and tempted to see whether he would pass the test. And of course he did. He completely rebutted the devil altogether. And then he says, 
he came back into town. Now, here's the main scripture for today. And if you want to follow it on screen or in your Bibles or on your iPhones or whatever, it's Luke chapter 4, verses 14 onwards. It says this, that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What a moment. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote the proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what you did and heard it as you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you, there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three years, and uh, uh, three and a half years, and there were, there was severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow of Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up and drove him out of town and took him uh, to, to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd, and went on his way. Oh my goodness. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in the synagogue that day. And how did he walk through the crowd? And how come nobody grabbed him? Because and he was the son of God. He just could do that kind of thing. It's like, I don't get it. But that's what the Bible says. And that he just, I mean, I think Jesus would have been one of the most handsomest, one of the most perfect specimens of being a human being that you've ever seen. He would have been fit because he was working in his father's workshop practically all that long. He probably would, he got beautiful skin and, and hair, and I believe he got 
presence and gravitas and, 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 and what's the word I want? Charisma. I, I, I even said celebrity. I don't mean that, but you know what I mean? People would look at him and go, whoa. And when he stood up and said those words that day, what pathos, what a moment in history. It must have been absolutely incredible. And 700 years before Jesus came on this planet, the prophet Isaiah had been announcing and advertising all the time that Messiah was come. The announcements had been made, and right now, this is the moment. This is the launch of my father's business. Jesus made the announcement. Basically, he was saying, today, this starts. From this year, things will happen and keep on happening because it is the year of the Lord's favor. And that was just the start. God was saying, he's here. We've made the announcements for hundreds of years. And now Jesus is saying, today, this is being fulfilled right in your very presence. Not everybody liked it, of course. See, it's a bit crazy. You've got to have confidence and know who you are if you're going to do anything in life. On our website, if you go to Lakestone Guitars, we've, we've got a strap line that I didn't invent, but it was invented by a marketing man. And it says this. If you go on, check it out for yourself. It's created, handcrafted, perfected. That must mean they're the best guitars in the world, right? Don't you think it sounds a bit blooming cheeky? Because, I, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I struggled with it. I thought, well, phew, oh, I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> Nothing's ever perfect. One guitar's never the same as the other. There's always little idiosyncrasies, always little mistakes or whatever. What do we mean by perfected? Well, I, I've had to justify it in my own head. Well, we've perfected the way we do things. <sighs> so I got my get-out-of-jail card, didn't I? So I can, I can quell my guilty conscience. But it says that on our website. Created, handcrafted, perfected. Now, the point is, you've got to have confidence and believe in yourself. And when Jesus, that day, said today, this is fulfilled in your hearing, he better be right. He better be right. Not everybody liked that moment. I mean, if he was not who he said he was, don't you think he was being rather cocky? In fact, more to the point, he was being blasphemous. If he, said, if, he, if he wasn't who he said he was, not everybody liked him. They tried to kill him. <laughs> There's always a complaints department in every business, I guess. But, um, but he knew who he was. And God's business in the world really started from that moment. And what's great? It's been going on ever since. And you know what? It affects every single one of us in this room to this day. Band, you can come back up now and help me. It's fantastic. And here's the thing. Here are the business objectives. Here is what God set out to do from day one. To proclaim the good news to the poor. 
And of course, the gospel does bring good news to the poor. We should look after our poor. But there's a deeper meaning here also. You see, in, in Matthew chapter 6 on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about those who are poor in spirit. And let me tell you that if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be poor in spirit. In fact, if you don't know and come to know the Creator God as your, your wonderful Heavenly Father, you will be poor in spirit. Bible says that we're dead in trespasses and sins, but it is by grace that you are saved. And if we allow Him into our spirit, then let me tell you this. We won't be bankrupt anymore with a hole inside us that we can't fill because the Spirit of God will come into us. Ask yourself this question this morning. Am I poor in spirit? Object number two, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. What are you talking about, prisoners? I've never even had a parking ticket, Tony. I've never been near a police station. I've never been a prisoner in my life. And yet, the Bible says that we can become Slaves to sin. Says, when you can't say no to something, it's your master. Some people struggle with addiction. Some people struggle with a bad temper. Some people struggle with all kinds of things. We could become slaves and prisoners, but let me tell you this. Jesus said, through this prophecy, that he was coming to break the chains of the prisoners and I've seen it many many times this morning and he was bringing recovery of sight to the blind well I'm not blind yes and does Jesus heal today most definitely he does but there's a deeper meaning here as well are you spiritually blind this morning I've been looking for God for a long time and I just can't find him I can't see him I don't connect with him I can't hear him I've got this kind of blind spot if you will on the inside but that's the point about allowing God into your spirit. When you're no longer poor in spirit, and He dwells within you, you begin to see the things of God. You see a new way of living. It can change your life. And what about the oppressed? Hmm. To, to set the oppressed free. The Bible says that there's an enemy of our soul this Satan tries to keep you away from God and put you down and pull you down all the time and keep you away from the wonderful life that God intended for you. It's oppression, my friend. And the enemy of your soul wants to keep you down. Let me tell you this. You can break free of that this morning as well. I think it's wonderful. And then to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Generally speaking, that speaks of what was called the Jubilee every 50 years. Everybody's land would be returned to them. Every prisoner, well, every slave would be set free and that there would be a brand new start. It's marked in a moment of time. The Jews call it Shemitah. It means the year of the Lord's favor when everything is reset. Do you need your life to be reset? this morning Father and Son limited he gave up heaven limited himself to come and die on a cross 
to set the captives free, to free the oppressed, so that God could forgive us of our sin, so that we could know eternal life. Shall we pray and thank Him? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Maybe that you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You're not sure. And you do want to make sure, and you want to know this kingdom life in you. You want to know the Father's business working inside you. Well, today is your year of favor. My year of favor was 1971, and it's more real today than it ever has been. Maybe this is your moment. Here's the prayer that you need to pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I am so sorry for my sins and the things that I did wrong that has made me bankrupt inside and separated me from you. Please forgive my sins. I ask you to come in, Lord Jesus, and save me. I'm going to choose to follow you from now on that's you and you've prayed that prayer you need to be brave now we'll look around the room perhaps you want to pop your hand in the air and I'm gonna when I ask you to do that then somebody will come along and give you a gift that will help you is anybody this morning or maybe you're a Christian and you've just felt that mm, I need to be set free I feel like I've been attacked I feel like the enemy's been at me so much you would like me to pray for you you just look up at me right now and I'll acknowledge that and I'll pray for you bless you bless you anybody else bless you this is the year of the Lord's favor father I pray for my dear friends here this morning that they will know your very presence and they will know the father and son are in it together and your business with them is ongoing. Father, that you will bless them mightily. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless.